We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast, and we have finally reached the end of the 2021. Regular season week 18 is here. The Chicago Bears are six and 10 going into their matchup against the Minnesota Vikings on the road. A Vikings team that is seven and nine and out of the playoffs because uh, they lost the Green Bay Packers last week. We're going to get into that game preview, the latest on the Bears, uh, potential coaching search, potential general manager search, and everything else you need to know, all the rumors. Before we do that, though, I got to welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, before I let you talk here, I will be the first to say it. I already text or I already sent you a DM. Congratulations on winning the Fantasy Football League. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was like, well, I mean, we were talking about it, you know, right after it happened. And it's like, obviously, it's always good to win, I guess. But like I went in this weekend solely focused on my other league because the, the commissioner in that league and my neighborhood league is – He's a, he's, he's a dick. I don't know how else to put it. Does he like, take it he, too serious? Does he like, is he like one of those guys that like just takes it super, he takes super it serious? Too serious? Well, the problem is, is he's a former army guy. He's 82nd airborne. So the, the dude already doesn't have a filter, you know, for anybody military related. I'm sure you kind of get that reference. And I think the biggest issue is that like, we, none of us know each other. Like ah. all of us, like this is a very new community. Like all of us have moved in within the last two or three years and this dude's, I can't even repeat some of the stuff that he says on the podcast. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, and he, he got off of this really hot start and he's actually been pretty bad the last few weeks, but he got off this hot start and he was just talking just massive amounts of crap to everybody and nobody was really responding. And he'd had like three down weeks in a row. And of course I had him this week and I'm like, okay, this is it. Like I can beat this dude. And what happens? Well, he, he had Jamar chase uh. and he had Jonathan Taylor. And the next thing I know, all of a sudden I still got beat by 50 points, even though I had one of my better weeks. So yeah, it's just, it, it, like I said, obviously, you know, it, our, our bear report league is, is always fun. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if I've ever seen any crap talking in our league, which I don't mind that. I don't mind. Like if you know people, <laughs> it's not a big deal, but when you don't know anybody, it's like, dude, like, what do you, 
Yeah. I don't know. Like, like I said, there's a lot of things I can't even repeat, so it's not worth diving into. But yeah, that was definitely a disappointment. It sounded like we both kind of had the same results this week, though. One and one, yep. um, you know, and, you know, I guess it's it is what it is at this point. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of disappointing because now I don't have anything to pay attention to except for the Bears game. this week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think. Bubba Dean's won it four years in a row, and I finished second to him last year. I finished second this year, which I'm fine because I did win another league. Um, but I'm like, I was okay with it, like going one on one. I was content, like you know, I'm not gonna get mad or anything like that because I used up all my anger the week before in another league I've been in that's been like going for like 16 years. I made the dumbest move I possibly could. I switched the chart. I switched the Dolphins defense out for the chargers defense. And it's the only league I did that in. And I ended up losing by one and Miami's defense had like 22 points. The chargers actually got zero. So even if the chargers, you know, got two points, I still would have won. So I was kind of disappointed in that. And like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm at that stage. I, I like fantasy football, but the last two years, I've just kind of felt like, eh, it's okay. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just there for me now. Like, it's just kind of, it's a hobby, but I do enjoy it because I do, you know, we do get to do it with the website, the league, which is always, you know, very well run. And, you know, Jimmy does a great job with it. And my other leagues, like I do it because I get to talk to some of the guys I've, you know, I've been friends with for a long time, but, you know, I maybe don't get to see too often stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think, you know, you and I both had pretty much one in one week. Um, the guy, you know, the guy that beat me in the bear report league, you obviously you're not a, an asshole or anything. So, so I'm not in the same, Sometimes. I'm not in the same boat as you essentially, but you know, I, I'll take a, a second in the first place. But like you said, man, like now all we have is like the bears here in week 18 and it's pretty much a meaningless game. Like there is essentially nothing like the bears, even if they win the game, they can't get second place in the NFC North. Um, they're going to have a third place schedule no matter what, which is great. But there's literally like nothing on the line aside from like can Matt Nagy improve his record against the Vikings to end his career with the Bears? Will Justin Fields be good? And are we actually going to see Tevin Jenkins start the game instead of getting what seven snaps? Um, will Thomas Graham start the game? And you know, will Daz Newsom even get a rep on punt returns at this stage? Like, I don't know. I just kind of feels like it's a week where if you, if you have some stuff to do with the family, if you have some errands to run, um, maybe do that instead. Because like, even like, not to go off on a rant or anything, but like even the NFL games that day really, you know, aren't that good. Like the best game is going to be at night with Los Angeles and, uh, and Las Vegas, because it's legit a playoff spot on the line. Yeah. It's, uh, well, you know, you you said the last two years of fantasy really haven't been as fun. And I think a lot of it has to do with COVID, right? And exactly. Like, yeah. You know, and even looking back, you know, kind of transitioning back into the NFL and looking at the Vikings last week, uh, you know, that was a game that could have been decently interesting had Kirk Cousins not got COVID. And I'm not going to jump on him and all this other stuff like some people have. Everybody's got their own opinions. I've got mine. But it's just, it's really bad timing, regardless. Regardless of vaccination status, whatever, it's just really bad timing. But yeah, like you said, because the pro like I was almost kind of hoping Minnesota would win just because at least there would be something on the line. Because you look, if you look at the playoff situation right now, it's 
it's basically in a situation where there's one spot up for grabs in the NFC, which if San Francisco wins, they're in, if they lose and new Orleans wins, new Orleans is in, uh, you know, but outside of that, you're looking at the AFC and like you said, really the only real enthralling game is going to be the Sunday night game because whoever wins that game will be in the playoffs. And the only real interesting situation there would be if Indianapolis, who is one of the other teams that hasn't clinched in the AFC for a wild card spot, if Indianapolis somehow loses to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is highly unlikely, but if they somehow lose on Saturday night, then, and I was reading this earlier, then if essentially what could happen, and I'm not saying it will, I highly doubt it would, but if, if both the Chargers and Raiders tied, they would both make it into the playoffs, assuming that the Pittsburgh Steelers lost. So it's just kind of one of those situations where you take that equation out of it and you've got basically, you know, the Sunday night game where they're going to be fighting for a spot. You've got a Saturday game, um, you know, with, with Indianapolis and Jacksonville, which will probably be a blowout. And then you have basically, I guess, seating at this point and a lot of the seating's kind of taken care of. So yeah, it's a very, uninspiring week 18 and i hope you know obviously this is the first year that we've seen a week 18 i really hope that that's not going to be the norm because you know obviously the bears are out of it you know minnesota is what it is but man it's just it the, yeah like you said there's just there's not a lot of there's not a lot on the line going into this you take fantasy out of the equation for most people um i do have one league that's going to you know the week 18 which don't even get me started on all that but uh I don't know, man. It's just, it's crazy, but yeah, you look at the bears game and there are some underlying storylines. Um, but I, I mean, really, really the underlying storyline for the bears are, you know, this is going to be Matt Nagy's last game. You're probably seeing some fan favorites last game with Akeem Hicks, Allen Robinson. If you're still a fan of Allen Robinson, I know that's kind of split down the middle with the year that he's had. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, a few other players. I mean, the bears have a ton of free agents, you know, they, they, I think they have 32 free agents between restricted and unrestricted. And then, you know, they only have 35 guys on the roster and then you flip it over to Minnesota and you have a situation where Minnesota's out of the playoffs. They've severely underachieved for the second year in a row. I mean, I honestly thought Minnesota was a better team than the bears last year. They're sure as hell a better team than the bears this year. But when you look at it, they're separated by one game in the standings and, you know, so I, I guess the big question there is, is what are they going to do with Mike Zimmer? You know, it, it seems like Mike Zimmer is kind of at the end of his rope in general. I don't know if you saw, <laughs> I don't know if you saw his comments on Kellen Mond. I, I, I it's crazy. I man. Think, like, I think that was, uh, was that, remember we had Courtney on to the covers of Vikings? Yeah. yeah. I, I, was that, that might've been her question. It was, it was Courtney yeah. Cronin, Cronin, Cronin. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I heard that answer, dude. Holy crap. <laughs> it was, I mean, holy crap, like the dude's a, a third round rookie that you're kind of hoping because the thing is, is Kirk Cousins deal next year, right? It runs through next year and it's fully guaranteed. So I, they're going to have to, I don't know how they're going to get out of that. I haven't really looked at the mechanics of the deal, but yeah, they had a chance to start him this weekend. And to a certain extent, I understand why they didn't, but dude, it's Sean Mannion we're talking about. That's basically Mike Glennon 2.0. And he was asked after the game, you know, if he was interested in seeing, you know, with them being eliminated from the playoffs, if he was interested in seeing Kellen Mond, uh, you know, start the game. And he said, well, no. And the, the reporter said, well, why not? And he said, because I see him every day in practice. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, that's not really, <laughs> that's just not something you want to say about any of your players, you know, much less a, a third round rookie that you're hoping may develop into at least a quality backup, if not, 
you know, some sort of stop gap starter or whatever. I just, that, wow. I, I, I bet that, I guess it just kind of goes to show you. Like he can't, he can't be like, I tell you this during the game, what in the first half showed you that Sean, you know, the Sean Manning guy is going to lead you to multiple touchdown drives. Nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was bad. I, I mean, like I said, it was like Mike Lennon 2.0. I mean, the, the, the Giants offense had negative 10 yards. I mean, it was you could only go up from there, but it really wasn't much better. I mean, Mannion didn't have any sort of mobility. Uh, I mean, his he was just off, man. And there's a reason that he was – because what was he? He was like a mid to late round pick out of Oregon State, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason that he hasn't ever done anything in the NFL because he's bad. Like, I don't I, – I just – I don't understand the thought process. It's funny because I was talking to a, you know, another Vikings writer and he was saying, he's, I just don't understand. Why wouldn't you start Kellen Mond? I said, well, welcome to veteran coaches or coaches as a whole going out the way that they want to go out with their jobs on the line. And that's exactly like you pointed out. I mean, that's exactly what we've seen with the bears for as many young players that made an impact this last Sunday for the bears. There were just as many that sat on the bench that should have been playing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and, you know, they kind of are in, like, the same situation. Like, Minnesota has a pretty good defense. Um a lot of money on that defense. They're still, you know, giving up a lot of points. Uh, they have a, a star wide receiver. The Bears really don't have a playmaker like like Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, Minnesota's quarterback uh, situation is a little more complicated than the Bears because they still have to pay Kirk Cousins, whereas the Bears have a younger guy in Justin Fields that could probably, you know, will start next season. But, like, they're going to be looking for new head coaches. I, I truly think the Vikings are going to move on from Mike Zimmer and, a couple episodes ago when the Bears and Vikings met the first time, we had um, Eric Thompson on of the Daily Norseman. And I, one of the questions I asked him was, you know, what do you see in terms of Mike Zimmer in the future? What are the chances he stays? What are the chances he leaves? And, you know, he pretty much said that the team needs to get to the playoffs, um, you know, maybe win a game. And if they all, it all comes, you know, crumbling down here in the next couple of weeks, that Zimmer is probably going to be fired. And they've since they beat the bears, they've lost the Rams. They've now lost the Packers. And to be honest, man, they didn't look that good against the bears considering the circumstances with Chicago essentially having a second and third string defense out there. If the bears didn't shoot themselves in the foot so many times in the red zone and were able to convert some of those into touchdowns, the bears probably win that game. But 
you know, here we are. The Vikings enter this game. They're what, seven and nine. They're out of the playoff race. Um, they're locked into the second spot, the second place spot in the NFC North. They're going to have a second place schedule next year. And there's just, you know, there's nothing really to look forward to unless Justin Fields plays. And we've talked multiple weeks. The biggest thing to watch at the end of the season is the younger guys. And, and unfortunately, we really didn't even get to see that much. And it's not just, you know, Daz Newsome and Thomas Graham and, and Tevin Jenkins. Like, we're getting to see Travis Gibson, which is nice. Um, but it's forced that way. Cleo Mack got hurt. He's on IR. He's not coming back this season. So the Bears are forced pretty much to play Travis Gibson. How much would we see of him if Cleo Mack wasn't hurt? And, you know, a guy like another guy I, I want to see more, Cleo Herbert. Like, I love David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery is going to be a good running back. I don't think he's a, a special running back in which, you know, he's a, a dynamic playmaker like a Jonathan Taylor uh, type but he's a good enough running back to be a key piece on a good team. But maybe let's save some of the workload. Let's let let's make it a true 50-50 split. Like give Dave Montgomery 12 carries, give Khalil Herbert 12 carries. It's just not going to happen because Matt Nagy is going to go down the way he wants to. And I think you brought up an interesting point about earlier when we were talking, you know, respect and what would George McCaskey do and, and this organization's kind of, you know, old fashioned and they, and they want to make sure everyone goes on there on good terms. I feel like it's kind of the same way with Matt Nagy and players. I feel like Matt Nagy doesn't want to bench Jason Peters because, you know, Jason Peters, essentially let's call it as he did him a favor. He came out, you know, he came out of retirement. Essentially he was going to, you know, hang him up, I guess, if he didn't get a call and, you know, he was fishing, he got the call. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll come join the bears. It's kind of hard asking a veteran. I, I kind of get it in a way, but at the same time, you know, you have to, as a franchise, look at this overall outlook of the final couple of weeks and say, look, Jason Peters isn't going to be on the roster next year. You know, um, let's kind of go with a younger guy, a younger rookie and Tevin Jenkins. Hey, Artie Burns probably not going to be on the roster or if he is, we've seen what he can do. Let's kind of go, you know, with a younger guy like Thomas Graham. Let's get Kendall Vilder some more reps out there, you know, stuff like that uh, moving forward. But I don't know if, if any, if this week 18 is anything like week 17, I think the only young guy we're really going to see out there is Justin Fields, you know, Travis Gibson and essentially Larry Borum, maybe until what the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the thing, you know, uh, we we've talked about this the last few weeks is, you know, when, when you, when you have this type of situation where you want to respect the coach and you want to respect the history of the, the franchise and this outdated philosophy that you should never fire a, you know, a head coach in season, you, even if it's minimal, it doesn't matter you're still taking away from this team's future. And by not playing Thomas Graham, by not playing, you know, uh, Tevin Jenkins, by not playing Daz Newsom, by not playing your draft picks, man. Like we're not even talking undrafted free agents. We're talking draft picks. We're talking their second round draft pick. You know, it's like, it, it's just, it's insane to me that we're sitting here having this conversation about guys who should be playing. And again, you're not playing them to say, okay, we're making a full determination that Thomas Graham is going to be our second outside, you know, corner next year. We're not, you know, that they, you know, or that Daz Newsom is going to be the starting slot receiver or whatever, but you know, it is to a certain extent, you're looking to say one, here's some experience. You need to get some experience. And then two, 
it is a good evaluation tool to have not only for right now and for the future for, you know, what you have going on, but also, you know, if they have a new general manager, whoever the new head coach and coaching staff is. And that's, I think that's what bothers me the most is that again, when, when you're looking at it, is it going to be a huge ripple? Probably not. But at the same time, it's just, it's, it's about the process and not the results sometimes, right? And, and, and the process has been flawed for a while with the Bears. The process is flawed right now. It's beating a dead horse. I, I understand that. But it's still, you know, again, you have to give fans a reason to tune in. You have to give, you know, giving your team the best chance to win at this point in the season doesn't matter. Those guys are going to, as we've seen the last few weeks, you know, those guys go out and they play their hearts out. Like the Bears have played – I mean, considerably better football over the last six quarters than we've seen for the majority of the season. This is only the second time this season that they've won consecutive games. I mean, they're, they're a six and 10 team, but they're still going out there and playing uh, pretty dang hard. But it's just, it gets to a point when, you know, you, you, you just, you look at, again, you look at the situation, you look at the roster, they've got 35 guys on a contract next year right now. Obviously, after they sign some of these exclusive rights, free agents, and, you know, they sign some of these other futures guys and all that stuff, you know, that, that number will go up. But again, the exclusive rights, free agents are guys that were either draft picks and have been cut or they were undrafted free agents that have hung on with the team. And, you know, and obviously the futures guys are mainly all the guys on the practice squad. Those are not guys that you want to be counting on for, you know, big roles in 2022, which again goes to kind of back to the point of you need to see what you have in some of these younger guys because the Bears are going to have a lot of holes on their roster. James Daniels is a free agent. Obviously, Jason Peters is a free agent. Allen Robinson's a free agent. Jamie Graham is a free agent. Uh, you know, you can look over on the defense side of the ball. Their entire defensive line is in question right now. Are you going to keep Angelo Blackson? Are you going to keep Mario Edwards Jr., who hasn't done a thing all year? What are you going to do with Bilal Nichols? He's a free agent. Akeem Hicks is a free agent. Eddie Goldman has not played well at all. He's going to be making close to $10 million next year. Is he somebody that you keep? Danny Trevathan is also somebody that you probably don't want to keep. Secondary, same thing. I mean, you've got questions all over the place. You have a ton of different holes to fill. You don't have a first-round pick. You don't have a fourth round pick. I understand that people look at over the cap and they say, oh, well, the Bears have $40 million in cap space. Well, yes, on the surface they do. But when you add in the fact that they're going to have to add 16 players to get to the rule of 51, that even if you count each one of those contracts as you know, $700,000, you know, obviously it's like you can start doing the math. That's over $10 million and in players that aren't even accounted for so all of a sudden you're looking at probably closer to 30 million dollars in cap space right that's not counting the draft class that's not counting anything else that's not counting the guys that you have to resign all of a sudden that that flexibility and cap space that you think you have starts going away and the bears are going to have to make some tough decisions on who they want to keep and where they want to attack and it has to be on the offensive side of the ball and again without a first or fourth round pick you're really pigeonholing yourself as to how much you can do in one offseason. I don't think anybody's expecting them to turn into a Super Bowl contender next year, but we've seen the AFC, man. We just got done talking about the uh, sorry, the NFC. We've just got done talking about the NFC playoff picture. Look at those four wild card, those three wild card teams right now, and tell me that you can objectively believe that they are going to be division winners or you know much better than they are this year. Maybe, maybe Philadelphia, maybe. And as we've seen, they've been a roller coaster. San Francisco is a question mark. And then whoever, you know, the, the, I'm trying to, I'm drawing a blank on the other, the other wildcard team right now. But the point being is, is all those teams right now are nine win teams or eight win teams or whatever it is. It's like, 
the NFC, at least for the wild card, is going to be wide open again next year. So at some point, you know, you got to start looking and saying, okay, they finish at six or seven wins this year. It is what it is. You know, you you get Justin Fields in the second year, you get a better coaching staff in here, hopefully a new general manager that values draft picks and everything else a little bit better and can manage the cap better. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe you do enough to be able to get to nine or 10 wins. And maybe, you know, next year is not going to be a Super Bowl contending year, but maybe you get in the playoffs and you try to build back up to what it was in 2018, where you get in the playoffs, you get some experience, you hope to get a win, you build off of that. But in order to do all of that, you have to have key cogs around that. I mean, we saw that even in 2018, where there were different pieces that the Bears didn't rely on very much that came through and played really well for them, whether that was draft picks, whether it was a guy in Adrian Amos who had been benched and they didn't really know what they wanted to do with him. Kyle Fuller was the same exact way. Uh, you know, Nick Kwiatkowski. I mean, they had a bunch of dudes on those rosters in 2018, 2019. Those are the kind of pieces that you have to have. Roy Robertson Harris is another one. They, they developed him as an undrafted free agent. You know, those are the kind of pieces that you have to have to round out the roster, especially if you look at these last few draft classes, 2019 was a killer, man. They got two guys on that 2019 draft class right now, David Montgomery and Duke Shelley. That's it. They don't have anybody else. It's like, those are the kind of cheap guys that you need making, you know, a million, a little over, a little under, whatever it may be. Those are the kind of guys that you have to have playing key roles for you. And the bears don't have that because of how, you know, how they just simply haven't valued draft capital. And they really haven't done that good in undrafted free agency. Those are the kind of pieces that you have to have in order to have a well-rounded roster and be able to fit all of it under the cap. And they just don't have that right now. And that's kind of part of playing these guys to try to figure out who can play better roles for you next year. Even if it's a new coaching staff, you at least give them more tape to be able to watch, to be able to make the decisions that they're going to be able to make this off season. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and, and you know, it's better than not giving them a chance and then letting them sit on the bench than cutting them because you, you kind of don't know what you got. And you're right. I agree with everything you said there. Um, another thing I'd point out is, you know, the bears are really lacking a, a true superstar in offense too. I think they're going to have a superstar in Roquan Smith on defense. I think they're going to have a really good defensive back in Jalen Johnson. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to call him a shutdown corner just yet, but they're going to have a really good defensive back. Um, they're probably, you know, going to have a pretty good pass rush next year, but on offense, they're really lacking a, a playmaker that could take the ball to the house. Anytime he touches the ball and you look 
And the NFL and the NFC is pretty much littered with them. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. Um, I think Aaron Jones was kind of in that category for a while there before he got hurt. Um, you know, Cooper Cup, guys like that, you know, teams have those. I don't think the Bears have that right now in their offense. And Justin Fields is probably going to turn out to be a good quarterback. I, I still firmly believe that. But at some point, they're going to have to find a playmaking superstar on offense if they want to take that next step. I don't know where they're going to find that. Maybe they strike gold in the draft. But it's not like they're going to be able to go out and spend a ton of money on a big-name free agent or multiple big-name free agents. Because as you said, you know, the roster right now, I mean, it's they still have to get to the 15 to get to the Rule 51. And they're going to have to fill out the roster as well. They're going to have to have some for the draft class, stuff like that. It's, you know, they're not in a terrible shape, but they're not in as good as a shape as I think some people think. Now, uh, to kind of continue the conversation, Aaron, next year, you know, in terms of the, the coaching staff and the changes, you and I were talking, and I think we're kind of both under the agreement, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. We both believe Matt Nagy is, is, is toast. He's going to be gone. He'll be coaching in his final game on Sunday. The Bears are probably going to make that announcement Monday on Black Monday, maybe Tuesday at the absolute latest. Where things get uh, interesting in, in my eyes is Ryan Pace. And you brought it up on Twitter a couple times, and it's a good point. There hasn't been much smoke around Ryan Pace outside of one report nationally from Jason Lockenfora. And now locally with um, Hub Arkish on the score, you know, saying he's hearing from good sources that Ryan Pace could be coming back in a different role. And Dan Pompey was the first to, to write that a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how you feel, Aaron. I, I think I, I think I know the answer, but I think Ryan Pace is going to come back. I think he's, it, it might not be in the general manager role, but I, I think he might come back in a different role. And, Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if he was back as a general manager for at least another season because of the way that this organization runs. And for me, that's a problem because, yes, you know, um, Matt Nagy's not a good head coach, but also you have to look at the roster construction of this team. And they have been bitten by bad contracts. They've, they have, you know, key positions of need that are, that have holes. And look at Sunday's game, man. Look how much guaranteed money was on the field and on the sideline between the three quarterbacks. And right there, that, that, that's all Ryan Pace. Yeah, I, I just, man, I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. And, I, and I, it's funny because I've done a few radio spots. I've been asked a few, more than a few times what I think happens. And it really depends on what day and what mood to catch me on because it just, the, usually you know, speaking where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. And with Matt Nagy, there's been smoke all damn year. It's been said all year that basically if he doesn't have a winning season, if things don't go right, he's gone. You know, it's, it's just kind of common knowledge, but there's never really outside of Jason Lock and four, there's never really been that much said about Ryan Pace as a whole not his job status, not anything, just there really hasn't been a, a lot of mention of Ryan Pace. And Hub Arkush was on 670 The Score earlier today, and he was asked, you know, what do you think they do with Ryan Pace? And he said that he thinks it's a better than 50% chance that Ryan Pace is back in some capacity, whether that's 
a newly created role, whether that's, you know, as the general manager or whether that may be even, you know, the president of football operations. And my question to that is, is let's just say that you, you keep him in some capacity and you also add something in there, whether it's football president, you know, president of football ops or whatever it may be. So let's just say you keep Ryan Pace as a general manager and then you bring in a guy like, let's just say Trace Armstrong as your president of football operations. He's a, he's an agent. Like, I'm not doubting him or whatever it may be, but I don't know how much good that does to put a boss over Ryan Pace that doesn't have the football and scouting acumen of a general manager. So, you know, you do that, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense outside of having another football mind in the building, I guess. Or you flip you flip the script and you say, okay, you know, Ryan Pace is the president of football operations and they're gonna they're you know they're gonna hire a new GM, but then all of a sudden that gives Ryan Pace even more authority. And now he's the boss of not only the head coach, but he's also the boss of whatever general manager they hire. So then my question would be, who would even want to jump into a situation like that? Uh it's just and that's kind of the thing. Like it, there's no real easy answer or logical reasoning for keeping pace and doing anything except for keeping pace and then hiring a new head coach. And I just, I I've said it, man, I, I don't think them keeping Ryan pace is a smart idea. I think seven years is more than long enough to be able to evaluate a general manager. I also know that people have made, you know, multiple arguments about a guy like Jason, uh, Jason liked or Litch or whatever his name is, the, the general manager for, uh, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, you know, sometimes in Tom Telesco, the same thing there and, you know, with, with the Chargers and how things just sometimes fall into place. I understand that. But at the same time, you know, that that is not the norm. And, you know, that's really what it comes down to. Right. Is that we need to know what's going to happen with Ryan Pace, because if Ryan Pace stays and all of a sudden you have to start wondering, like, it, why didn't the Bears open up their two week window? Not not that it's vastly important for them to do so and either fire Nagy or tell him that he's not going to be back. But it's like why it, the process is already broken at that point, if that's the case. You know, if you're just simply honoring a time, you know, a, a you know, a long time tradition of of not firing a head coach and giving them the respect. Well, he's not giving your organization the respect of playing the younger players and allowing you to have, you know, more tape to be able to evaluate them. So that already kind of goes out the window. I just, it's, it's such a confusing situation because outside of Jason Lock and Fora, there really just hasn't been anything. There hasn't been, there hasn't been Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter or Jay Glazer. I've been waiting for that shoe to drop, you know, to really figure out like who, you know, who, you know, is there anybody out there that has any information? And what I will say is, I mean, we both know a few connected individuals and, you know, it's been basically the same thing with them. You know, you ask them and it's like, there has been nothing on pace. And I'm not just saying like there, there hasn't been anybody questioning his job security. I mean, there's been nothing on pace. Like he's not even mentioned with the bears and their issues. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, who knows, you know, it, it's like a hub was saying earlier that George is very tight lipped. Um, maybe that's the case. I, I don't know George personally. I obviously don't talk to George. What I will say is that the bears have been, you know, usually pretty loose lipped in you know, in the past, and you usually have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen and whatever else. And obviously we know that, that Nagy's gone at this point, but I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe Monday rolls around and, and, you know, we get that tweet from Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport or whoever saying that both, both guys are gone, but it just, it feels like with there being absolutely no smoke whatsoever 
uh, from prominent news sources that would usually break this kind of news, it it leads me to believe, you know, especially with what Hub's saying, Hub's still a connected dude, you know, it leads me to believe that some way, shape or form, Ryan Pace is going to stick around. And, and again, I, I feel like if Ryan Pace is going to stick around, don't even bother reorganizing the front office. I mean, because again, I don't know. I mean, what good does, does bringing in a boss over him do, or, you know, especially if it's somebody like Trace Armstrong, where again, he's more of a agent and yes, he has somewhat of a football acumen, but he's not a scout by trade. He's not a, you know, he's not a pro scout. He's not a, he's not a college scout. So I, I don't know, man, it's just the, the entire situation is going to be called into question quickly if Ryan Pace still has a job on Monday, regardless of how you feel, because again, like even if you believe that he should stay, then why didn't they start the process of interviewing head coaches last week? And that's kind of the thing. There's just, there's so many questions. And obviously if he's gone, then we'll have our answer. And, you know, George really was being tight lipped. Um, but the, you know, and there's a lot of speculation on Ted Phillips right now, and it sounds like he's going to retire within the next year. Maybe it'll be this off season, but I, I feel like, and we, I have said this multiple times, I feel like Ted Phillips is the boogeyman. Like so many people put so much on him and they, they make these ties that he's been with the organization for X amount of time and all these problems have happened. So obviously, you know, he's got to be part of the problem and maybe to a certain extent in, in prior years he was, but I mean, by all accounts, man, he hasn't had anything to do with football operations in a long time. Yes. Does he, is he sitting in on, you know, the, the free agent discussions and contract discussions and some of the other decisions? Well, yeah, because he's a financial guy, he's a business guy, but he's not sitting in there making football decisions. And then obviously, you know, I I think my other question out of this is if they do fire Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, Who's making the hire a GM? Obviously, we know that the GM is going to make the hire as a head coach, but who's making a hire a GM? Who is making the decisions to expand the front office or reorganize the front office or just simply hire a general manager? Because as we've seen, you know, obviously George McCaskey can't be trusted with it. So are you going to bring in another consultant? I, I, I don't know, man. I, it's just there are a lot of questions to be answered, and I find it somewhat strange that nothing has really been said about Ryan Pace one way or another. It's just, it's just strange to me that there has been absolutely nothing being said, which again, kind of leads me back to thinking that the process is already flawed and broken. And we're going to find out this time next week that that's exactly what's going on. And that not as much change, you know, is going to happen as what was being billed before. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, and, and there's kind of a lot to, to digest with all that. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to rule out any possibility because I just, it feels like the bears right now, the situation is such a wild card situation to be in where in the past we've known, um, you know, Phil Emery and and Mark Trestman's gone, something like that. But, you know, now, like we've said, Matt Nagy is gone. We, we, we pretty much 
can agree on that. We think it's going to be, you know, it's, it's like 99.9%. I don't, I don't know if the Bears are still evaluating Ryan Pace. I don't know if they've even started the evaluation on Ryan Pace. Um, I don't know if they're waiting until Monday to make a decision on everything. Are Nagy and Pace tied together? Would they keep Ryan Pace and then fire Matt Nagy? Um, you know, would they move him to a different role? Would they fire Matt Nagy, take the next week to evaluate Ryan Pace, see what's out there, and then make a decision? Like, I I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like everything is on the table, and it all goes back to not seeing a lot of reports out there on Ryan Pace. And, and truthfully, I think you could take that you know, both ways. I think you could take it where maybe they, they, they want to keep everything tight lipped and they don't want to get anything out and they've made their decision or they're still evaluating. Um, I think you could take it as, you know, the other ways too, where, you know, maybe they just, they don't, maybe they are keeping him and, and they're, you know, there's no smoke for a reason because they do want to keep them. I just, you know, nothing would shock me, honestly, like literally, Nothing that they do would shock me. They kept them. They moved them. They waited to move them. They waited to keep them. Anything like that. I guess, you know, we'll know, you know, this time next week, what the hell is going on. But it's just, it's, 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 it's wild to me because it feels like one thing is certain uh, on Matt Nagy, but we're still waiting on Ryan Mason. And, and I think even if you brought in someone, I, I think the whole thing about, you know, you see on Twitter from, from former players and you, and you see fans kind of suggest, um, Hey, the bears need a football guy in here. I think people take that a little too uh, literally where they think, okay, you have to hire a guy who's played in the organization to do this job. I think that's more saying, Hey, let's get a couple guys in here to advise George before he goes through the hiring process in this. I don't think you necessarily have to hire someone like Trace Armstrong or, you know, someone with that's played the game before in a certain role. I think you can get, you know, maybe a couple of former players to come in, you know, Hey George, let's go out for a steak dinner. Let's kind of advise you because I, I think the main thing is I think the McCaskey family has to be aware of how bad the situation is and how different the NFL is nowadays in terms of, you know, what offenses are doing, what defense they're doing, what the trend towards younger, smarter, offensive-minded head coaches are. I don't, you know, necessarily think you have to hire those people. I think, you know, they just need play, they need former players from the organization to just, just have a sit down and talk and get into their ear, if, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. And I, I, I don't know, man. I, and that's, I agree with you. I, I, I think this whole push for it's got to be a Bears, you know, former Bears player that's been brought into the organization. I, like, I don't think that that's what needs to happen. I think it just needs to be a fart, a, fart, a smart <laughs> football move. Um, and that's just kind of, I don't know, man, this whole thing. And again, like you said, don't rule anything out. Like, I'm not saying that Ryan Pace is for sure going to be back. 
that's where I'm leaning this five seconds. That could change, you know, tomorrow by the time this podcast comes out. I just, again, because there's no information and we don't really have an idea of what's going on, really the only consistent thing that has come out about the front office as a whole is many people are floating around that they're, you know, that they're probably going to, you know, that they're thinking about, uh, you know, reorganizing the front office. I, I don't know, man. It, this whole thing is, it's gotten to the point where- it doesn't where, shock us. It shouldn't shock us. No, not well. Dude, the Bears have been dysfunctional for a long time. Nothing should, nothing should shock the Bears fans at all. What, regardless of what that is, like I am conditioned at this point just because I've, just I feel like I've been beat down enough to where, like I'm just conditioned to believe that they're going to make the wrong hires until they prove otherwise. And you know, obviously, we'll see what happens. And I don't expect anybody to share the same feelings, but. I just, I don't know, man, like this whole thing is just, it's just really strange. And again, I mean, obviously the bears aren't the only, only team out there where there's some questions and, you know, Jacksonville is kind of going through the, you know, similar right now too, where, you know, they're basically, they're, they're thinking they're going to keep Trent Baalke as their general manager and they're they're just going to hire a head coach and fans are already staging. I can't even remember exactly what it is. They're staging some sort of Twitter, didn't they? Like where they changed their, did you see that? They changed like their avatar on Twitter to like a clown Yeah, face. well, it's like that, but they were like coming dressed up as something this weekend. I, oh, I, can't I didn't remember. see that. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what it is. You know, so again, a lot can happen. I mean, really right now, it looks like there's going to be four, maybe five positions open, barring any surprises, which is going to be, you know, obviously Jacksonville, the Raiders, the Bears, Minnesota, and uh, uh, probably Denver, because it sounds like Joe Judge is keeping his job, which is just Oh, you want to talk mind. about you want to talk about a worse situation than the Bears? Yeah, Holy right. smokes! Yeah, exactly. Well, Jacksonville, same thing, man. It's like, the, <laughs> I mean, I guess at least Jacksonville has you know a quarterback of the future, you know. But with, yeah, the Giants are a mess. But so I, I don't know, man. Who knows? I mean, it, it's just kind of one. It feels like one of those situations, especially at the GM front, where if the Bears are going to make a move, they need to make it because you know, not like now. I'm just saying, like, if if this is going to be the, the year that they want to move on from the general manager, there's probably only going to be maybe two or three openings. So why not do it now and get the best possible candidate you can? I don't know. It's, I think the only thing that I feel decently strongly on right now is I, I feel like just based on Bears trends, I do think that even, even if they end up hiring a GM, I do think that they're going to they're going to go the veteran route. I think they're going to go the veteran route with a, with, you know, I think it's going to be a retread with a coach, whether that's, you know, Sean Payton getting free Jim Harbaugh. I know there's been a ton of rumors flying around maybe Ryan day makes sense. I don't think so, but, or, you know, a guy like Leslie Frazier, I know he's been tied around a lot, you know, you know Josh McDaniels, Todd Bowles, Dennis Allen, names like that. Like I, I feel like the bears are going to try to go the safer route, the quote unquote safer route this time around and hope that they can, you know, they can kind of write the ship. I don't know. The, the whole, the whole situation, it's, it's just frustrating because we know it's six days away or whatever it is away from, you know, being at least partially resolved in terms of at least we know what they're going to be looking for, but it feels like more than any time over the last few years, there's just hasn't been a lot of information put out and, you know, it's leading everybody's imaginations to go wild and people to write clickbait articles um, and, and, and titles and all that stuff too. So, you know, whatever, I guess. Yeah, it, it is frustrating. It's, it's, you know, I wish there was something more concrete. I wish it, it was a lot easier, but you know, as we said, man, it's never easy with this franchise. And the good news is, is, you know, I think next week we will have a lot to talk about. And 
even if the Bears keep Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, which seems like the most unlikely option right now, we'll have that to talk about and to break down the, the end of season press conference. So, you know, we'll have all that stuff because truthfully guys, like, you know, speaking for Aaron and myself here, it, it's these last couple of weeks is really tough because it's like, you want to see the young guys play. You know, we know Matt Nagy's getting fired. There's nothing new about Ryan Pace. So it's almost like we're sitting here kind of repeating ourselves. Um, on a lot of episodes, which we do not do on purpose because this team is, it's, it's, they're not like, there's nothing really super exciting, especially when your potential franchise quarterback is hurt and hasn't really played. So yeah, I do think we'll have a lot more next week to talk about. Um, But to kind of wrap things up Aaron, Aaron, we should go into um, this Vikings game. We don't have to speak a lot on it because, you know, like I said, the, the main thing if you're a bears fan to watch for is Justin Fields and the fact that we won't have a lot of football until, um, you know, outside the playoffs until next August. So those are the two main things, but yeah, I don't even like, I don't know what else, like what to watch. I know, I know you turned in your column, but like, I don't know what else, what to watch for in this game, because if, if Justin Fields plays, man, my like watchability rating just like tanks to like the negative. So yeah, I do think um, – I don't think the Bears are going to win this game because, correct me if I'm wrong, Kirk Cousins is probably going to be back. Well, he, he'll be eligible to be back. I mean, okay. a lot of it's going to depend on him with him being unvaccinated. And, again, this isn't a political statement. This is just with him being unvaccinated, he's more likely to have – well, he had symptoms. I mean, that was the entire reason. Oh, like, yeah. He, okay. he showed symptoms, and then he basically self-reported. That's right. And he tested positive. So I don't know. I don't know. I would assume that he would be back, but I mean, who knows? I mean, there's been, the bears have had similar situations where guys have missed multiple weeks too. I would assume that if he is ready to go, he will play. And I think that will make for a much more interesting game. I think if Sean Mannion or Kellen Mond or whatever, whoever starts the game that isn't Kirk Cousins, they're probably not going to win that game because the bears are playing a lot better football right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, I honestly don't know who to pick. Um, I, I think, you know, to end the year, I'll, I, I'll pick the bears just because, um, you know, why not? And if Justin Fields plays, let's see him go out and have, have a big game. And, you know, my, my um, X factor is going to be the younger guys, but to be more specific, I kind of want to see, you know, how the tackles play. I'm really interested to see Larry Borum again. And if Tevin Jenkins gets out there, because, when we watched Larry Borum in Seattle, I went back and watched the game, and and he was on the left side when um, Jenkins got hurt. I don't think he looked that great on the left side. I think he looks a lot better on the right side, and that was kind of one of the talking points. You know, do you flip them at the end of the year? Do you, do you try um, Borum on the left and Jenkins on the right? And maybe you just keep them keep them where they are. Keep. Borm on the on the right, Jenkins on the left, and see where that takes you. So I'll be looking at the rookie tackles, the offensive line, and kind of keep my eye on some guys that you know maybe could surprise and and have a a good final game. And I do think there is some value in getting Justin Fields out there um, and winning a game to to end his rookie season. And let's let's just hope nothing happens like we saw. What was that? Two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve? Um, or no, Oh nine. Was it where Brian Urlacher got hurt in the final final game of the season on a freak hail Mary against, I think it was like either Detroit or Minnesota. So no injuries, no long-term injuries, anything like that. And also let's see if Darnell Mooney can get to um, 1000 receiving yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not really, this is not really a compelling storyline for this game. <laughs> Just to be honest. I mean, really the only thing is, is 
you're you're very likely looking at two head coaches that will not be with their teams the following day. I mean, that's that's kind of where it's at right now. Um, so yeah, I, my X factor, it's kind of stating the obvious is is going to be you know converting red zone trips into touchdowns. I mean, that was their biggest issue last time. They had what five red zone trips and came away with uh, zero points. So, you know, or three points more than the point, you know, it's like zero touchdowns. So, I mean, obviously if, if they get back in that situation, because like you said, Minnesota didn't look good in that first game. It really just came down to the fact that the bears could not convert those red zone opportunities and the points, even if they would have converted those into field goals, it would have been a lot closer of a game and the bears could have won the game. So that'll be my X factor in terms of them actually trying to win the game. And then in terms of score, I just, you know, like you said, second place and third place have already been decided. What hasn't been decided is draft positioning. And I know obviously a lot of people only focus on the first round pick, but the, the Bears still have a decent chance with a loss to be picking within the top six or seven of the second round, which has some value, especially if they get another general manager that says, hey, we need to actually recoup draft value and maybe we'll trade down and maybe we'll pick up an extra third or fourth round pick and be smart about it. Um but either way, I mean, obviously you want to have as high draft picks as possible in this type of season. Uh, a loss helps them, and a, and a win obviously hurts them, not drastically, but it definitely can make probably about a five or six spot difference with how their strength of schedule is. So with that being said, I have the feeling that the Bears are going to be the more motivated team. I mean, Minnesota is coming off a loss in which – you know, their head coach was kind of acting like a, a jerk. And, you know, frankly, they got eliminated from the playoffs and who knows how many guys are going to play and, you know, who's going to be up for the game and whatever else. The Bears have been resigned to their fate for well over a month. I mean, Minnesota has been resigned to their fate for basically a week when the game starts. So I'm going to go 24-20 Bears. Uh, don't know why. Just kind of have that feeling if they lose, they lose. If they win, they win. Um, really, all I'd say is try to enjoy the last game. I mean, this is the last game we're going to have for eight months, real football you know, and it's going to be a very hectic, hectic and active off season should be very interesting. But again, this is the last football game that we get to see for a while from the bears. So. Yeah. You know, I, I, for my score, I guess I forgot to give a score. I'll, I'll go bears 24 Vikings 21. I, I think they're going to win this game, but yeah, you're right, man. It won't be a lot of football. And I think, um, after the college football game on Monday, there'll be 229 days until a college football game. Uh, obviously, there'll be a preseason NFL game before that. But, yeah, we got a long way to go. And, and you know, the good news is it should be a very interesting offseason, or at least you and I hope it will be. Um, and if everything goes to plan, you know, we'll have a lot to cover. But, Aaron, where can uh, everyone follow you on Twitter and read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Awesome. And you can follow the bear report at just bear report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. You can read my work on the bear report.com and, and please make sure to rate review and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms until next week, everyone, please stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.